Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. Tonight we'll have one song, and David will have announcements. I have two more songs, and Chris will have our lesson. Our first song tonight will be number 982. 982, We Shall Assemble. We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne. With humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song. Glory and honor and dominion. Unto the Lamb, unto the Good evening, church family. Oh, it's great to be back from CYC. We had a great week. <clears throat> um, first off, I'd like to say thank you for Stepping Stones uh, for making a, such a great meal. Um, I'm full. I can barely breathe, so it was good. It was great ham um, and desserts, always great desserts. But uh, thank you, Stepping Stones, for everything y'all do. Also, uh, uh, for teachers, the new quarter will start this coming Sunday. Uh, if you have not picked up your books yet for your the teacher class, they are in the teacher's resource room. Uh, so please pick that up before you leave. Also, if you have not signed up for the men's retreat, March 18th through the 19th, please do that as soon as possible. Right now we have 15 men going. Um, say we'll shoot for 22. 22 would be a good number. So we need a couple more men to sign up. So if you have not signed up, please do so before you leave. That would be great. Um, also, great news at CYC this year. Um, Sam Knapp was baptized. Um, so take an opportunity to meet this young man. Uh, congratulate this new brother in Christ. Um, but, uh, you know, take the opportunity to do that uh, before, before they leave this evening. But that's great news. Um, we also express our sympathy to the Sullivan family for the passing of Junior Sullivan. Uh, Junior passed away Saturday. 
The funeral services will be held at 12 p.m. noon uh, tomorrow at Hall's Funeral Home, if you can make that. Uh, the burial will be right after that at Rome Cemetery, and the visitations will be at 10 o'clock, so if you, uh, from 10 to 12. So if you want to say your condolences to the family, uh, I know they'd appreciate that. Also, updates on our prayer list. Uh, please keep Robin singular in your prayers. At this time, she's asked that we pray for her. She, uh, that she's struggling in her health right now, and also spiritually she's struggling as well. Um, remember to keep her in her prayers uh, at this time. Also keep uh, Roger Pryor in your prayers. He's at St. Mary's uh, at this time, and uh, remember to keep him and Peg in your prayers. Also, I'll have, be having gallbladder surgery uh, next Thursday on the 10th, so keep me in your prayers as I have that done. And also continue to keep uh, Kristen and, uh, in your prayers and keep James and the rest of the family in your prayers at this time. Chris will have our devotional. Um, and Thomas Trevathan will have our closing prayer. That's all the announcements I have. Did I miss anything? I did this on my own, so Peg's not here, so she knows everything. <laughs> Jennifer Baker is struggling. Yep. Jennifer Baker had her first treatment today. Uh, Mary will continue to keep her in her prayers as she continues with her treatments at this time as well. Thank you. Thomas Trevathan, that's closing prayer. All right, as time, let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful so much for this day you've blessed us with. This opportunity to come here this evening, Lord, to learn more about you, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives, Lord, to be a shining light to each other, to encourage one another. Let's continue on being a shining light within our communities within our workplace, that others will see you and us, Lord. Lord, we are so thankful for, for you sending your Son to die on the cross for us, Lord, that, that one day we'll spend eternity with you, praising you, Lord, and standing in awe in front of you, Lord. Lord, we pray for that day to come soon. Lord, we ask for you to continue to be with our elders here at Rome, Lord. Just be with them and their families. We're so thankful for the work that they do here, Lord. Continue to be with them. Continue to give them the guidance that they need, Lord. Let them always continue being true to your word, Lord, and, and doing what your word says. Lord, we ask you to continue to be with our deacons and the work that they do here, Lord. Lord, we're thankful for everything they do and, and the time that they put into to this to this church family here, Lord, Lord, and continue to be with our church family here at Rome. Let's grow spiritually. Let's grow stronger in, in our prayer lives. Let's grow strength from your word so that way we can always defend it. Lord, we ask you this time to still continue to be with our sick. Lord, we ask you this time to be with Roger. He's at St. Mary's. Or be with Jennifer at this time. She goes through her treatments and and be with Kristen and, and at this time and she's going through what she's going through, Lord, and be with James and the rest of the family, Lord. Lord, we be with Pam at this time as she's recovering and, and let her arm heal 
heal back 100%, Lord. And we ask you this time to continue to be with the families who've lost loved ones recently, Lord. We know that grief is not easy, Lord, but we know that you are there to comfort us, to, to know that we can lean on you during times, times like that, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to be with us as we sing praises to you to learn, be with Chris as he presents your word. And I pray, Lord, that if someone has that need, that they will come forward this evening, Lord. Lord, continue to be with us the rest of this week. Let us encourage one another. Most of all, thank you, Lord, for sending your son. It's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Our next song this evening is number 231, 231, Hilltops of Glory. Onward rejoicing, I tread life's way, higher I'm climbing each passing day, hilltops of glory, now song as number 839 when all of God's singers get home if you would let's stand for this song please hey Jeremy are you hearing the thumping okay well it's in my head then yeah well the, I'm hearing a thumping and it's like we don't have drums in this church what <laughs> I don't know what it is hopefully I don't keep hearing it 839 when all of God's singers What a song of delight in that city so bright. We'll be watching these heavens their door. How the rational race have his own and his praise. When all God's singers get home. When all 
Song of invitation will be number 714, Trust and Obey. Where, where is Jesus right now? Where, where is he located? The scripture tells us that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, right? Well, in fact, in Hebrews 10 verse 12, it uh, tells us that very thing. So Jesus right now is seated at the right hand of the Father. Turn over to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. I ran across this in my studies this week and thought that is something we need to think about. It's a picture you find in Scripture um, that you just need to not be able to get out of your head. Acts chapter 7. It's in verse 54 and 55. Um, but let's, let's set the scene before we get into the text. Acts chapter 7, starting in 54. Uh, so this is the stoning of Stephen. Stephen's a good man. He's one of the deacons in the Jerusalem church. Uh, he was appointed along with six others to take care of the Grecian widows. There are some ladies in the congregation there that have been widowed um, that the church um, has not been taken care of um, the way that they should have been doing. And so a complaint has arisen, and uh, the apostles... Um, heard the complaints and have dealt with it. They've appointed these seven guys to do, to take care of these Greek widows. These seven guys are also evangelists. At least two of them are. We know Stephen here uh, is, and he presents an eloquent sermon uh, that gets him killed. And then later on you'll learn about a guy named Philip who's also an able evangelist who's going to go into Samaria and he's going to do some work there. And He's also the one that talks with the Ethiopian eunuch later on in Acts chapter 8. Um, as the church is dispersed after the stoning of Stephen. But, so what, what's going on in Stephen's life right now? Well, he has come up against the, uh, the Jewish element, uh, the Jewish aristocracy uh, in, Jude, in, um, in Jerusalem, and he's run afoul of them, and they uh, are questioning him, and he is just refusing to let go of Christ. He just will not have it. Uh, they, they cannot get him to denounce Jesus. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter what they threaten, does not matter. And so they put Stephen in a hole, uh, and he starts his sermon. And you can read it. It's, it's recorded for us here. It takes up most of Acts chapter 7. There toward the end of Acts chapter 7, though, starting in verse 54, 
you find Stephen's response. They, the, the crowd has made the decision, much like they did when Jesus was crucified. They have just run roughshod over the legal system, and they have just, they're just going to do what they want to do, uh, whether it's legal, whether it's right or not. And so they've, they've already made their decision, and Stephen looks up into heaven, and guess what he sees? He sees Jesus, but he's not sitting. Isn't that interesting? Almost every other time you find Jesus in heaven, post-resurrection, post-ascension, what's he doing? He's sitting there at the right hand of the Father. But right here in Acts chapter 7, what's he doing? As the first Christian is martyred, what's he doing? You've got to ask that question, and you've got to think why it's recorded for us here and why it's important for us to be talking about it tonight. Let's read it. Acts chapter 7, verse 54. Now, when they heard these things, what, what Stephen had preached about in his sermon, when they heard these things, they were enraged. He had not told them anything that was not true. In fact, he is just simply indicting them of sin. Uh, and so they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. They're so mad, they're grinding their teeth. Verse 55, but he, being Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now, isn't that interesting? Whenever you see a break in the pattern in Scripture, you kind of got to ask yourself, well, what's going on? Because every other time when he's pictured in heaven, he's always seated. So that makes sense to us. We understand why he's seated Right, and he, he's he's reigning. He's on the throne. He, his work has been accomplished, and now he's he's sitting. He's done. But here, he's not done, is he? What's he doing? He's standing. Well, why is he standing? This picture, I think, needs to resonate with you uh, over the next week or so, over the next several years. Hopefully, the rest of your life, this picture will resonate with you. Do you remember when your kids were little, and you would put one spouse on one end of the room and, and, and you would set your toddler off toward them. It's their first steps, right? And it's probably somebody's got a camcorder or a phone or something and you're recording their first steps and all of a sudden that they kind of tip, stop tip, tippling, tippling, tippling and then they fall. What, what do you do as parents? Now you reach out and you try to catch them, don't you? I think that's what Jesus is doing here. He's left his seat in heaven He's left his seat so that Stephen sees that he's ready to fight for him. It's kind of a beautiful picture, isn't it? It's not the first time and it's not the last time that God fights for his people. In fact, I suppose the first time may be at the crossing of the Red Sea when, uh, when the Egyptian army is coming hot on the hills behind the Israelites and the Israelites are terrified. They've got the Egyptian army on this side. They've got the Red Sea on this side. They're trapped. And they say, well, what are we going to do now? And God tells Moses, just tell them to sit back and relax because I'm going to fight for them. And he does. He splits the Red Sea. And the Hebrew says that he starts ripping off their chariot wheels of the Egyptians. He fights for his people. He's always done that. At Jericho, he brings the walls down. In the battle to save the city of Gibeon, he rains down hailstones the size of cantaloupes. He stops the sun in the sky. He directs a stone right between Goliath's helmet armor. He topples idols, and he sends plagues on his people's enemies. Is he still fighting on our behalf today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Resoundingly. Yes, 
he does still fight for his people today. You remember a story Jesus told about a kid, a young man who leaves his dad's household. He's, he's offended his father in perhaps the most grievous way possible. He's, he's pretended, he's acted as if he's wished that his dad was dead and um, that he could have his portion of the inheritance. And so the, the dad gives the son his portion of the inheritance and he goes off to a country that's really far away and he spends it there on sinful actions. And eventually he wakes up and he comes to himself. All of his money's gone. All of his friends are gone. And he doesn't know what to do. And so he goes back to his dad's house. Do you know what the dad does when he sees him off in a distance? He just turns his back on him and says, that boy, right? That's not what he does, is it? He, he folds his arms and he watches the boy, maybe with a little bit of grudge in his heart, and maybe a little bit of, of hate in his eyes. That's not what he does, is it? When he sees the boy off in the distance, the father throws down whatever he's got in his hands and he takes off sprinting toward the boy. Obviously, the father there is God. The, the, the boy is, is anyone who repents and comes back to, uh, to him. Now, that's a picture of God fighting for us. And that means the world to you if you're going through chemo treatments now. For example, if you've just lost someone you've loved, if you're going through marital difficulties, if you're trying to kick an addiction or if you're in some other dark valley, this picture of him fighting for you, standing, not seating, not sitting, but standing, ready at attention, ready to catch you ready to help you, sending in reinforcements. That picture, I hope, resonates in your mind every time you need help this week, every time you think, I'm at the end of my rope, I don't know what else to do. He's standing. Willing and ready to help you. Tonight, if you haven't repented, if, you, if you've got sin in your life and you need that gone out of your life, you need a closer relationship with the Father. He's still calling prodigals home. He still loves to call lost and hurting people back to himself. That's what he enjoys. That's, that's who he is. That's his heart. And So maybe you're in that position tonight and you just need to come home. He's waiting and ready for you. Ready with running to you with open arms tonight. Maybe you need to be baptized tonight. Having your sins washed away as Sam has, uh, has done this last weekend. Maybe that's your, your need tonight to, to, to start your relationship with God. If you have any need tonight, why don't you come as we stand and sing?
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and everything you've given us. Thank you for Chris for delivering the lesson, and please help us apply it to our lives, Lord. Thank you for Sam for getting baptized, and please just help him through his life, Lord. Please just be with him. And thank you for all the deacons and elders for making all the decisions of the church, Lord. And please help those decisions be in accordance to you, Lord. <laughs> and please help everybody who's fighting on the front lines, Lord. And no matter what side they're on, just please be with them. And in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. <clears throat>